Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Asians Talking Puck. I'm your host, Ahan Subberwal, joined by my partner, Josiah Chen. And uh, we've taken a bit of a break, and I apologize for it. We had an episode planned. It was going to be, um, I think, last week, and we were going to have a good spacing. Um, a few weekly episodes is going to be good. But then I was traveling, and, and I got a little bit sick, and then the Wi-Fi where I was at was... Yeah, horrendous we had, some, we had some issues with getting like, those files but... actually horrendous <laughs> i uploaded it and it said four and a half hours and i was like you know what i'll wait that time yeah i come back and it said 10 hours and i was like yeah it's just I increasing mean, just in let time. it let it be on the record we tried we recorded the episode we did everything it was a we great could, episode but yeah it was but um, just it was unfortunate that it that yeah. didn't work out um but i have a question to ask you josiah before we uh get started and for the record, I have not been briefed on this question. I have no, no, you haven't. You're gonna ask. So it's nine oh seven. Do we consider this an after-hours episode oh. or not? I mean, the people will know based off the intro that we play. Yeah. But I guess we're deciding this now. Is this after-hours? I'm gonna go with no. I feel like, I feel like after-hours is usually ten or eleven when we start. Ten or eleven. I mean, I, I, I well, okay. Here's 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 my question for you counter question is after hours this dependent on the time we start or our mental sanity <laughs> at the time of recording <laughs> well if it's a mental state then we're definitely after hours at this point <laughs> um i'm long gone it's been such a long well, week tell you what we'll record this episode and just see how it goes and because you know, usually the after hours episode is a little more casual. Maybe we're a little funnier. Who knows? Yeah. Um. We'll just we'll see how it goes, and we'll yeah. we'll decide. But at the end, yeah, you would have heard it with the intro. So yeah. at the end, there'll be a little special surprise. I'll uh, do my after hours thing. Um. If we considered it an after hours episode, but uh, which, with that, which, sorry, what's up? Before we get started, we are uh warning letting you know this is probably gonna be a longer episode um because you know we're, we're gonna catch up on some of the stuff that we missed and we have a lot to cover because a lot happened in the past two weeks in the nhl of course it did so, we yeah. miss an episode and what happens <laughs> the world breaks loose um <laughs> stanley cup finals my team won i'm elated it's our first <laughs> postseason episode i'm so hype it's just it's not settled in yet that we won. Like you always think about what's it going to be like when your team wins the cup. And it's yeah. different in other sports when the championships go to the same teams every year. Um, Basketball. Sorry, what? Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Golden State Warriors. Um, but but uh, it's been pretty amazing just having supported this team since I was maybe eight or nine um, and to go through the the many last place finishes to now. And as I've watched more and more hockey, I've begun to root for storylines and players more than anyone else. And to see Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, Andrew Cogliano get those cups. I mean, um, obviously Eric Johnson, the longest tenured Denver sports player. Um, Jack Johnson, I think I discussed, maybe have I discussed what he went through on an yeah, episode or was I that last episode? Um, well, I'll just recap remember. it. I think we um, have talked about yeah, it. Yeah, he, he was a great player. Um, his parents were his financial advisors, and they took a lot of his money. And at one point, he was getting paid under league minimum so he could cover his debts. Um, and he just graduated um, 
I think from the University of Michigan. Um, Sounds... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's right. Um, he got a degree. He finally finished school. He wins the cup. A very special moment for him. And then Andrew Cogliano, he, uh, he lost to Tampa as a member of the Dallas Stars in the bubble season, and now he gets the cup. Obviously, McKinnon finally winning something, you know. He said, I haven't won blank, and uh, now he has. Um, and it was just, it was just pretty, pretty amazing to see all of that. Um, and yeah, that, that's my thoughts on just my emotions. Um, do you want to break down the series? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it was definitely, it, it was definitely a close series for sure. I mean, Colorado wins it in six, but you know, I think Tampa definitely put up a fight for most of it. Now in that game six, which you did you watch game six? Because you I were, was in Europe, so no, I didn't. Okay, um, I've seen highlights, but I, I I actually have no idea. That's that's one thing. Like I was in Europe for uh, when that game happened. So yeah. I think I texted you getting so hype. Like yeah. I was in my hotel room at nine a.m. when I received the news that we won, and I think <laughs> I woke up um, my roommate. <laughs> I I think that I um very much woke him up. Um but no, I saw the goals but I didn't I assume it was an electric game, but yeah, well, yes and no. Um the first two periods very close hockey. Um the the interesting interesting thing about this was Tampa in the third period of game 6 when I think if I remember correctly they were down too. So it's do or die for Tampa. And Tampa were down just, one. Were they down two or? I think there was just one. I think they were tied, weren't they? Um, up until the last. Oh no, no, no it was. It's been so long. Either tied or down one. But regardless, it's yeah. like Tampa's got their season on the line at this point, and they just uncharacteristically just did not show up for the third period at all. It was the weirdest thing to see because you know Tampa's such a high caliber team that has all this playoff experience. They just did not show up when their season needed it most. Yeah, they were down and, one. You know, yeah, and that cost them. Because, you know, if Tampa, if, say Tampa wins that game six, you know, they force a game seven, that's go. I mean, that can go either way. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. I feel like Tampa would win that. Yeah, there's definitely an argument to be made there. So, you know, it was, it was weird to see watching Tampa just kind of give up like that. I mean, it, it, it felt like I was watching Hurricanes hockey or the something. The credit to the abs, know? I mean their effort their ability yeah. to shut down games i mean they had 10 come from behind wins this playoffs or maybe was it 11 some i think they tied for the most in stanley cup history or for the most in a while which is a testament i realized this team was special when we were down 4-2 against toronto and won that game mm -hmm. in late december early january when that happened yeah it was early january when that happened, I realized this team's going to win a cup. It's, it's going to happen this year because no Avalanche team has ever come from behind that many times in a season. At least that's what it felt like. Um, you kept seeing 1996 or 2001 franchise records being broken um, again and again. And, and then you, you see the praise players they're getting. You see the comparisons. 
you see that guys are passing franchise grades on the um, on the stats pages, and and you look at the moves made, and it's it just felt different. It felt like this is a team that has the doubts about them. People have the reservations, but they're going to close it out this year. And um, I did get a chance to watch some of the other games. Obviously, you have the two blowouts. Um, what do you think contributed to those blowouts? Because there are two on both sides, or one on both, one on each side. Um, yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I think with Tampa, they had kind of a that was kind of a pattern with them almost because the same thing happened with New York, and I think it's maybe just that Tampa team needed some time to familiarize themselves with a new team. Although it was weird that it came in game two, not game one. Um, and then in terms of the blowout when Tampa won, you know, I don't, I really don't know kind of what was up there, you know, maybe just some internal something going on, but you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, the, you know, sometimes, you know, a team can get a lucky bounce here and there. And then that momentum swing is just insane after that. And, you know, could have just been a, a unfortunate, you know, um, sort of series of, of unlucky events that, that led to that. But yeah, I really don't know because it seemed like that both teams were, were pretty close. I mean, mm -hmm. Avs were definitely the stronger team, but it wasn't like they were like completely dominant. Right. hundred percent. I feel like, um, this entire series, both teams had most games were kind of sloppy to be, to be honest, but there was such intensity grit and so many flashes of brilliance that it just felt that way. Um, and maybe it wasn't sloppy. Maybe the defensive effort from both teams was just so incredible that it felt that way. Um, but what I'm really trying to get at is that it was back and forth. Um, and you saw a lot of beautiful, beautiful plays. And then you saw some ones that were like, really? That's kind of a weird, weird type of bounce. Um, but those are the ones that go in on, on good goaltenders and, uh, I felt like the two blowouts were sort of indicative of the way the series went. Yeah, it's just dumb. That was the best game I've ever seen them play in my entire life. Um, Tampa couldn't get an inch on them versus Tampa's blowout where they had that momentum shift as you're talking about. But in the third period, the Avs fought back pretty hard. Um, and I sort of thought that that was, that was symbolic, that the Avs, even if the scores reflected a big Tampa win, it wasn't like... It was the huge confidence boost that that um it could have been and uh that's sort of how i was thinking and um just going back to the sloppiness that i was talking about earlier it's not that the games were um out of control bad bad plays everywhere um no cohesiveness the games were absolutely cohesive you could see the systems working um they were just missed executions and I guess I'm calling that sloppiness. And I'm also entitled as an ass fan because I'm used to seeing the most crisp, beautiful passes. So anytime that a pass like isn't perfectly on the tape set up for like a bar down snipe, I call it sloppy. So yeah, it it's, I don't mean to say that like both teams are playing sloppy, just sort of explaining how um, it wasn't like fully crispy. It was chippy. It was gritty. And that's the best type of hockey when it's not perfect from both sides. Um, yeah. I don't know why that is that I, I don't seem to like games that are perfect from both sides. 
maybe it's just because like there are no goals so i don't know i mean if you're you know if you're perfect playing a perfect defensive game it's just everything gets shut down basically yeah and if both teams are playing perfectly defensively then neither teams really it doesn't feel as entertaining yeah Um, no I, i see that for sure you know yeah i think a lot of that's just the lack of goals as well you know exactly um and i guess to that end you can't really call it a perfect game because the offense isn't going the same way um yeah there's definitely a flip side to it for sure i mean you know, watching the Hurricanes, I'm used to seeing, I'm used to seeing a lot of games that are good defensively and then offensively are just awful. <laughs> yeah, you're also. I'm not, I'm not gonna. To... I, I'm not gonna get you know. Too yeah, you're also it. entitled like me. <laughs> any any time, I feel like when when you root for a championship caliber team, you think that anything goes wrong and it's like sloppy. Trade the whole team. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, because I if I had gone back to 2016, 2017, and showed um that that like 13 14 year old me some of these games i would have been like that's the abs team they can pass like that they can <laughs> shoot they can break the puck out like that yeah. you kidding? so i don't know that that chippiness that greenness where it's not perfect where there's where there's scary moments where where you get afraid you get excited i think that's what makes stanley cup hockey so special that it's all on the line um and everyone's doing their best and and some nights and some plays your team gives up the chance other times it's the other team and i feel like that's just what makes hockey the most special sport it's not like basketball as you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast where uh where you have the same teams winning because not, of the okay. talent's there no no hate against basketball basketball, no, against you know, basketball. is incredibly you know it's incredibly fun inter- entertaining sport to play and watch but uh, you know I'm just saying. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. What did you, um, what did you think of um, um, this run for 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 Tampa? Since you're the Eastern Conference guy, would would you would you make of their team and their their effort? Yeah, I mean, um, I I thought, yeah, I mean, you you can't be mad if you make it to the final. I, although I I think if you're Tampa, you're probably disappointed because you were kind of so close. If you think about it, you know. Had your team played one more good period, you know, you you would have been so so close to a three peat. Um, I you know I heard I heard someone someone I know is was very um, dedicated Tampa fan, and he you know he said something very interesting to me, um, which I you know I I didn't really think much of, and then I started to think about it a little more, and I was like, oh okay, maybe there's something here. And now this is going to sound like a hot take, but let me explain. Um, and so, so this guy told me, he said he thought there was some inkling that John Cooper might be done after this season, which <laughs> I, know that, I know that sounds wild. But In what context? Like if I, they lost or if they won? No. I, well, I mean, I guess if they won, you know, maybe stage, but. Now, right, I'm gonna get you a chance to explain this before yeah, 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 I like yeah. s- like I, I clap don't back. I don't necessarily think it's because he's a bad coach, but this person was telling me, and you know he watches a lot of the Tampa games and the you know the the interviews as well, and he said that there's something about John Cooper right now that just s- seems off from his normal self. And you could maybe track that to being just, you know, 
the the tough nature of the situation they're in playing against Colorado. But if you kind of watch his sort of just interactions and, you know, his mannerisms in some of his interviews, they they do seem a little off, almost as if he is a little like unhealthy or something. Like that that's what I was that's what the, this person was explaining to me. He said he thought John Cooper was like, you know, uh, somewhat unhealthy, which kind of almost made a little bit of sense to me. Like it, it, it kind of clicked with me. And when I was started paying attention to, it, I was like, oh yeah, something, something seems a little off about him. And I can't really put my finger on what it is, but it's just he, he does not seem really into it at all, basically. That's an interesting take. I've, I've yeah. not thought about it that way. The way I thought about it is, it seems like he's just frustrated, right? To go yeah. to the Stanley Cup Finals, win twice in a row, and walk over the teams that you win. One of them's practically a sweep. The other one goes to six, but the games aren't really that close, except for the two stars wins. Um, yeah. he, you got to be frustrated that you're that you're not winning, and and that makes sense. I I heard this on Chicklets that the guys at the top, the John Coopers, the, the, the Crosbys, the players who win a ton, the Kucherovs, they're like junkies for their wins, right? They can't find any reconciliation in the fact that they have two or three cups already. They need the next one. They want it so bad. Yeah. And when they don't get it, it's like, a, it's like their mind snaps. Um, the, um, the comparison was that you think that Nate Dogg's not training right now? I think someone's someone's mentioning that, and it's like, of course he is. He won. He celebrated for a few days. He'll have his cup party <laughs> and get drunk again there. But he's gonna go into this next season with the idea that now we've won one. Let's see how many in a row we can string together. Um, Although, I mean, you know, he did say in that interview. <laughs> he did bring up. I think it was him that said it. He said, I don't know if we're winning back-to-backs because I'm going to get fat. There's a, there's another part of that <laughs> quote, which I can't say on the podcast, but that's the essence of it. That's funny. But, Actually, yeah. you know, I feel like that's him joking around. Also, like... Oh, uh, yeah. Sydney... I, 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 he's such a dedicated player. I don't... I think that's... I know. I don't think that... I think yeah, that but... he... Um, Actually, I got to bring up, like, things that Nathan McKinnon has said. I love that, man. He is <laughs> so funny. Wow, that I guy saw... is actually my idol. Did you... I saw someone say that the Colorado Avalanche, you know, after the Caps in 2018 went nuts with their Stanley yeah. Cup raid, someone on Twitter said, like, every team after that has tried to follow it up, and the Colorado Avalanche are really trying to do their job. <laughs> to make sure. Well, listen, everyone's trying to follow up uh, the Penguins when Mario Lemieux, um, when, the pu- when the Cup ended up in Mario Lemieux's pool, in the bottom yeah. of his pool <laughs> in the morning, and someone just found the Cup there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they have three cups. So actually, mm-hmm. um, what I wanted to bring up was uh, on bar down, someone posted the clip of uh, like Crosby, like I guess getting excited for the Avs, and McKinnon. Um, I guess the caption for the uh, Instagram post is "Looks like Sid's holding his end of the bargain with Nathan McKinnon." Reference to um, uh, McKinnon saying that he was the drunkest at Sid's cup party, so Sid should be drunk at his. And McKinnon just comments. Haven't seen Sid since I won. Also, are you guys TMZ now? Painful. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> My man just went after Barda and then 
That post was never seen again. I tried to send it to a friend, couldn't find it. Instantly <laughs> deleted. And I love yeah, that. The abs, the abs are doing something. You know, they're... <laughs> it's it's so fun to watch. And, uh, like, Miko Rantanen saying that he, he's gotten so drunk to the point that he just can't speak English. And then he proceeded to speak in English. Or how about yeah. Bo Byram... Um, getting talked to by the security yeah, guard. Yeah. He tried to send him over because they thought he was a fan, and he had to explain that he plays for the team. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fans were chill about it because they were like, "This guy's just doing his job," yeah. um, which I appreciated. Or imagine uh, being that that police officer, though. I don't know. I, I'm sure he got an autograph afterward. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just think that's funny. I mean, or the uh, have you heard the story of um of how EJ wins the cup? He, he's he's back in his room. And he sleeps for like 40 minutes at like 7.30 a.m. Or maybe like 90 minutes. And then Landis Cog just shows to up to his room butt naked with the cup. <laughs> that okay. that. For the record, we have now made this an after hours episode. This is an after hours episode. Dude, that's I, such you know, a funny... I didn't hear. I didn't hear about that specific story. Um, that's the context for uh, EJ waking up with the cup beside him. It's just Landis oh, okay. there. I saw that photo. Yeah. I did not. I it's did because not. Landis Cog had showed up like a butt naked. I with did the cup. not hear about that. That's the, and and the reason that I'm saying that is that's actually like verbatim what EJ said, um, on the Chicklets podcast. They had him in for 20, 30 minutes. Um, yeah. And also, supposedly there was no more alcohol left in Denver that night. They couldn't plan a cup party for that <laughs> night because there was no alcohol left in the city of Denver. That, I mean, <laughs> to think about how much hockey success that city has had, though. Yeah, three cups, you know, three appearances. Yeah, but also like in terms of just this My year, because Denver wins the, the NCAA championship as well. Oh, that's right. So And sports wins, didn't there? Uh... Some other, maybe it's like the lacrosse team also won there. Um, I I don't keep. <laughs> no, I neither do I. But I saw a post on the but ads. Maybe yeah. Maybe, I saw an absolute combined post. I actually think okay. that Denver must be a great low key like undercover sports city. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The Nuggies, the 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 Broncos. <laughs> What? What? You don't like my 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 nickname for the Nuggets, the Nuggies? No, it's a good nickname. I just I'll never understand why they named their team that. But that's a because the gold, like gold nuggets. Yeah, I know, but like in the mining in the mountains. Come on now. So you do understand? I know. I know why. I just like it's kind of like to me. It's kind of like the Edmonton Oilers. I just I don't understand. Your team is named after a natural disaster, <laughs> as is but mine. Like, but like, okay, our, both of our teams are named after natural but, disasters but, that ravage our, our cities. But, but the the mascot should be like, you know, intimidating. You know, like you think the, like you know, like the bears or like so isn't the it a gold miner? Or... It's a gold miner, not not a not a nugget of gold. Yeah, but the team name is called the Nugget. I'm not saying the mascot. It's like. I don't know. Nuggets, oil, there's just nothing intimidating about that as a mascot. What's a checker? Like a checkerboard? Like checkers? I, I, uh, I, we're not going <laughs> to. I have like, no idea. On. I have no idea, honestly. Well, like, that if we're talking about bad That one doesn't make sense to me either. Anaheim Ducks? Ooh, scary. Mm, it's a duck well, in a lake. Well, that's different to me because. 
the team was named after the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. So to Fine. me, but but I agree that's not a, a super like aggressive. What's mascot. another like like the Chicago Cubs, for example? That one was like although you know bear, bear cubs Cub, are kind, yeah. of, kind of scary but like when you hear the word cub you're not like filled with fear you know yeah that's fair that's fair um also in finals news the saint john sea dogs i believe they won the mem cup they did they did that's a pretty stacked team yeah no i i was looking at that roster and the amount of just like NHL prospects and they played uh Hamilton or not Hamilton they played the Kingston front no they they played the Hamilton Bulldogs they did with Mason McTavish yep I thought they played the front and axe at some point is that how you pronounce it the front and axe front axe yeah uh I think they might have at some point yeah I feel like I saw like uh speaking of the Kingston front and axe let's segue into our next topic the NHL draft oh boy (laughs) The so, meme. <laughs> so th- this draft to to both of us is actually very interesting. Is is has has a special place in our hearts because everyone, yes. mostly everyone in this draft, is our age. So from oh, here on yeah. out, listen. From here on out, everyone getting drafted into the NHL is going to be younger than us. It's depressing. The and dream is here's, dead. here's another thing that I heard. I, I don't remember if I saw this on Twitter or where, but. We have a few more years left where if you buy a player's jersey, it's cool because like, you know, you're it's like your role model. You're looking up to like your childhood hero or whatever. But we're now at a we're now at that transition point where if you start buying certain players jerseys, you're no longer buying this role model of yours jersey. You're buying this kid's jersey. Think about that. <laughs> also, our dream is dead. We're not getting drafted in the league. Yeah, exactly. Anymore. Like, n- I, neither of us expected to get anywhere close to the NHL. No, but like, but... the dream is dead. <laughs> now it's it's official. Actually, a kid I knew who I played uh, travel hockey with was rated seventy six on the draft boards, but because he committed to play football, no one picked him up. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he uh, he's he used to live in Charlotte. Um, I'll tell you his name later. I'm not. We're not going to get yeah. into it now. Um, but uh, he was rated 76 on one draft board. Um, but yeah, like he's 76 overall or like yes. North American or oh, okay. Wow. I think it was, I'm not sure. It was, um, he goes to school in Minnesota now. So it might've been 76 out of Minnesotan players. Oh, um, but um, that's number of his buddies kind of yeah. crazy. A number of his buddies and teammates and former teammates did get drafted. Um, oh, okay. Wow. So, and uh, you know, it was weird to me because I remember this kid, um, and I didn't yeah. think of him as anything special. I mean, I thought you know he's he was better offensively than me, but I think I, I thought I was a better skater, better defensively. And this is keep in mind eight or nine years ago. Yeah. Um, but it just shows you that how hard he worked, how much effort he put in. I saw it over the years, and I guess he became a elite talent, and um, I'm happy for him. It's a pretty pretty big achievement. Um. And it just shows where you can go no matter where you start. So pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, going on that story too, I don't know if you've heard about this. And, you know, to be honest, I'm still kind of looking for more info on this because I, I remember hearing this somewhere, but it's hard to find if you look it up. But David Perron, 
when he was playing junior like i can't remember how old he was but he was somewhere like you know 12 to 16 like very developmental years or maybe even a little older he might have been more like 16 i can't remember exactly but at one point he was playing in canada of course so you know the talent's mm-hmm. much better there but he was playing b-level house league hockey mm-hmm. and he yeah. worked his way all the way up to now become an nhl stanley cup champion yeah. so you know i mean one of the guys who was drafted ahead to bergeron was uh playing the lowest like I forget who it was. Um, really funny guy. I heard about this on Chicklets because great stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his town in Massachusetts, I think it was Charleston um, or Charlestown. Yes, um, they have like different tiers of hockey, and the lowest is like sea level hockey. Um, and he was the sixth defenseman, or maybe like one of the worst forwards on on sea level hockey, um, which means that he was the worst kid in the entire like area to play hockey because you have yeah. to be on a team and he was on the worst team on the worst position wow and things changed from went really high up in the uh i think in the q draft or maybe it was the o draft yeah. um uh he, yeah he went to chl was drafted a few spots ahead of bergeron never really panned out in the nhl mm-hmm. um for whatever reason but i thought that was a pretty cool story of you can change so much or like another story um one of the tanev brothers i believe was like 411 and quit hockey for a few years and then shot up and grew like a foot and a half in a year and then returned to hockey and was an absolute beast i'm not gonna lie i had a former teammate who is he's a year older than me and i played a little bit i think i played with him junior year of high school mm-hmm. And this guy was maybe like around my height. He was maybe five, a little taller than me, but not by much. He's maybe five ten at the tallest, but I think he was more around like five nine or something. You're like five eight, five and nine, right? A little bit taller than me. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm probably more like five seven, five eight, but yeah, so a little um, bit taller. Yeah, but anyways, he goes off to play club hockey this year at uh, a, sc- a regional school near me, and the dude's like six one or six two now. Dude, if I could do like, that, I, ju- I just saw him yesterday, and that's pretty cool. Like, what happened? <laughs> I'd love. Uh, yo, can I do that? Can I? Can I grow that much in a year? <laughs> I know. I need. I need that to happen to me. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know a six ten basketball player. It'd be nice if you could just, you know. Give me some sight. Just, just spot, spot your, spot your nature. <laughs> exactly. Just give me his ankles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I feel like we have to talk about one particular player in this uh, draft. Uh, Ur- I believe Uriah Slavos. Mr. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, we yeah, said it. Yeah. We said, I texted you after the Olympics. This kid's draft stock is going to go higher. He's insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And- after the Olympics, his name was everywhere. I mean, we, and like, we talked about it. We said that this kid. There's our one of our Instagram posts is him. It's it's. I'm pretty sure it's him. It is. Yeah. No. It is. It is. You're right. The one for our Olympics yeah. post is Yaroslav Slavkovsky. And he is, he is so good. We knew. I knew. I knew that when you go to the Olympics and you play that well, he's he's insane. He's He's very similar to Miko Rantanen. That's the comparison yeah. I kept seeing. And that's what yeah. I felt like too. Because he had similar point totals. And also his points, people keep saying he didn't produce enough. 
all of his points came after the Olympic break, um, mm-hmm. or most of them. So, and then in the playoffs too, and in juniors, um, he was really good. So I actually think that once he got the confidence, guy guy turned into a unit. Yeah. I forget, where, was he playing, he was playing TPS the Liga, right? TPS yeah. Turku Liga. So he's playing against professionals in Finland. Yeah. So, you yeah, know. I, very similar points to Miko. Yeah, and it's always like, tough. it's always not tough, but weird to look at, like, when you look at points. Definitely is difficult, too. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, if you look at his Liga um, mm-hmm. points, he's 31 games played, 5 goals, 5 assists for 10 points. The Olympics are another thing, which we'll go into, <laughs> which I'll, I'll cover in a sec. But, you know, you have to keep in context that the international leagues, the Liga, I, well, I'd say the KHL is, is the second best and Liga is probably third, right? Liga or SHL. Yeah, Liga or SHL are, are close, but I feel like Liga is a little bit better. Yeah, but you have maybe to it's remember, more physical. Maybe it's some, yeah. not, maybe town not as high, but physical for sure. Yeah, but you, you have to remember that even though, yes, the KHL and Liga are step-downs from the NHL, they are still incredibly talented hockey. There's incredibly talented hockey that's going mm-hmm. on there, and it's an incredibly professional game. So, you know, even though his points, you know, look nowhere as close as dazzling as, you know, like the the junior players coming out of the CHL, like you have to keep that in context that he's playing at, almost an nhl level whereas these junior guys are not exactly and a bit and a big part of it is confidence too to go up against fully sized up men like people said like i agree he might not be ready to step into the nhl and make the 70 point impact that people want out of a rookie these days um but again miko ranson in comparisons i love them miko goes to the um ahl first has a few call-ups, but plays really well in the AHL. I think he split Rookie of the Year, like Player of the Year or something. The next season was the 16-17 season when he makes his debut. And he almost had 20 goals, if not 20. And it just and that was a terrible team. So you have to imagine with a team that, let's be fair, it was better than that 16-17 avalanche. Um, he should be dominant. I mean, he's got the big body. Do you, I mean, yeah, it's, that's my thoughts. What do you, what do you think about... What do you think about players who, right? Because you would imagine that an NHL player playing in Liga would dominate. Um, mm-hmm. So this suggests that he's not ready for that, that jump to the NHL. Like, wh- what do you think about putting him into the NHL right away? I think actually that players who play professional overseas, whether it's the KHL, um, the Liga SHL or even even the VHL, which I think is the is the KHL's version of the AHL. That's a lot of letters. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> um, but I, I actually think those players are a little bit more prepared to play NHL hockey than the junior guys. You know, I, I don't I don't know what it is about it. I just I I feel like the players that have had that experience just make that transition better. Mm-hmm. Well, I just you know, think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you look at, you know, like for the Canes this year, it was, um, well, I mean, I guess we had kind of an outlier in Seth Jarvis who did not, who went from junior state to the AHL to the NHL. But if you go like our goaltender this year, Pyotr Koshekov, he played overseas in the KHL. And like 
he just seemed like, you know, any old guy in the NHL when he came over. You know, there, there didn't really seem – from game one, there did not seem to be any sort of transition period at all, you know. So that's that's my sort of opinion on that, honestly. Like, Yeah, it's just hard because, like, you think of an 18-year-old, it's so hard to predict what that kid turns into. And they go into professional hockey at 18 – there's so many factors that could influence lower points. It's not just like, oh, not skilled. It's it's a matter of you have to adapt to the physicality. Um, there's the confidence um, part when you step into the league for the first time. Um, there's the fact that you're making money. You might be yeah. living alone. Uh, you're traveling a lot. Um, you're not with guys your own age. Um, you got to get used to a coach who might be demanding different things out of you. So to perform and put up points as an 18 or 19 year old, I think he's 19, um, against professionals, um, in your first year like that and to score and and to be good is, is pretty impressive. And then I know the Olympics didn't have NHL players and it had some weak teams that he dominated against, but for him to be the MVP and to have consistency throughout the tournament demonstrates an elite level of, of play. And it keeps going back to that look beyond the numbers that aren't so flattering and see that a majority of his points come after the Olympic break. Yeah. And um, I think that's a, that's a huge part that people are ignoring when they say, oh, why would you take this guy? Um, I don't know. Do you want to break down the, the, the picks that were made um, through the first <laughs> round? Um, yeah. and, and the chaos so, in the start. Yeah. So we're, we're not going to go over every single pick because that might be a lot, you know, but we're going to go over some of the top ones, obviously. Um, yeah. So going first overall is Yurov, Yuraj Slakovsky to the Montreal Canadiens. I'm still working on trying to pronounce that name. Um, and then going second, See, going into this draft, it was between Slavkovsky and Shane Wright. No one kind of knew who was going to go one or two. You know, it, it was it was tough. It was, uh, someone said it was the most, potentially the most contested number one overall pick in like the last 10 years, at least, if not longer than that. Next um, year's going to be wild. Well, yeah, but we all know who's going number one next year. Yeah. I don't think that's up for for. I don't know. Maybe Michkov. You don't think Michkov could 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 take a stab at? It? I think he I could. I mean, he he would have to have such a good year. I mean, he is he is like he's gonna go second overall. Yeah. No. I I think it, I think it's gonna be Bedard then Michkov. All right. But... We need to we need to get back on topic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My bad. Um. So going second overall to the New Jersey Devils is. Uh, defenseman Simon Nemich. Now, something that is very important about the first two picks is they're both Slovakian guys, which I think is really important. They played to... together at the Olympics too. Yeah, they did play together. And also just in terms of growing the sport in Slovakia, that's such a big thing. You know, if you think about how much that impacts like the junior hockey there to see kids that, well, a lot of these guys probably you know, younger guys maybe even played with the, these two players at some point, but to see them go number one and two overall, the draft is just insane. Um, but yeah, in terms of that pick, you know, I, well, okay, we'll get into the, I'm going to get into my opinion a little later. I'm going to 
recap. So um, then going third overall to the Arizona Coyotes is center Logan Cooley from the US NTDP, um, which, you know, I think I he was projected to go third overall anyways, but I don't understand the well, I, I still don't know how I feel. I, there are parts to me that don't understand, some parts of me that do understand why Shane Wright dropped so far. But then finally, at fourth overall, the Seattle Kraken take Shane Wright. So, yeah, let's let's talk about Shane Wright. <laughs> he seemed to be, up until maybe these last few months, the consensus number one overall pick for the past, like, two or three years. Like, because I remember, like, you know... I've been following hockey closely for a decent bit now, but as I got a little older, I was really curious. I was like, who's, who's the best prospect that's my age. And I remember finding out even like, you know, two or three years ago, remember reading about and hearing about Shane Wright. So before I get into my thoughts, what are your thoughts? Why do you think Shane Wright went from being the consensus first overall pick to fourth overall? I think there are a few few factors to this, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Firstly, not every team subscribes to the idea of picking the player that's best available to them. Um, that's the first thing. Um, some teams have a guy they want for a role that they want. Um, secondly, and, and part of that has, before I get into the second thing, part of that has to do with organizational needs and also the idea that you'll have the pieces up front so you want something in the back end or vice versa. Um, secondly, uh, personality. I think that is a huge factor. I remember the interviewer said, I deserve to be first overall. Now, I think confidence is so important when you play any sport. Um, anyone who plays sports knows that when you play confident, you are so much better. If you play with a chip on your shoulder, you play better, um, provided that you're not trying to, you're not trying to do too much, right? If you have that calm confidence, maybe a bit of a chip on your shoulder, you you perform. Um, in most cases, there are always exceptions when you get in your own head and whatnot. Um, but I think people found him egotistical. I think that has to have been a factor of it, and um, that's that's really the driving force because. I can understand taking Yuraj or Yurai, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I can understand taking Slavkovsky ahead of Shane Wright um, yeah. for the Canadians. I, I get why I see the appeal. But then to take Cooley and Nem- Nemich over him, um, that demonstrates that there was a rift there because I think that Wright was, is better than both of them. Um, so it has to be personality. Um, I think uh, I think maybe in the draft interviews he might have come off like why am I talking to you all I'm gonna go first anyway um, that idea like he's too nonchalant didn't pay enough attention um, and then that's that's all I can think of but there's a big contrast there and and here's where I struggle with that as to why he could have gone and dropped because of personality. Um, it's that I've heard so many good things about him. You hear yeah, that he's that... a champion. You hear that he works hard. You hear that he's confident, cool, calm, 
He, he's, he's everything that you want out of a champion. So I don't understand why all of a sudden he'd have an ego outburst and how that would drop him. And it's just very confusing because the interviews don't match up with what you hear and it doesn't match up with how far he fell. Nothing, nothing lines up. Yeah. I'm, I'm in large agreement with you here. And I think, I think that main reason he fell had to be a character thing, you know? Cause yeah, I, I, uh, I saw that interview as well. We still have our debates about who sent it to who first, but you know, <laughs> regardless, um, we both saw it and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I think that's what it has to be. I think there has to be something that boils down to that. There's you know, one other possibility. Yeah. Or sorry. Yeah. Expand on that. Um, you know how people have been talking about how he's a really high IQ player, but he's not the flashiest. Yeah. Um, maybe some teams don't feel like he's as game breaking, um, or is going to have that level of game breaking talent um in the ohl as he's um i can't speak right now it's very much after hours they don't believe that um that his ability to to open up a game and take over will um, carry over to the national hockey league they might think that that's only in juniors and they might feel that even in juniors it wasn't as overt that it was his high iq that played well um that he doesn't have the dynamic traits necessary to be a first overall pick and that they prefer another player who does have that dynamic play. Because if you think about it, all the other players do have the dynamic abilities. Nemich is a little bit different, but yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, I, I don't, yeah, that you definitely make a great point there. I just, I, it's, it's just, yeah, it's difficult for me to, to really put my finger on it, but you know, I think it has to be one of those or a combination of those. I actually agree with you. I think that um, taking Slavkovsky before Wright is not that surprising to me. I, I, you know, I do wonder, you know, how Slavkovsky will continue to do because I do feel like the only thing between the two of them and their development is Shane Wright has been a little, I would say, consistently better. Whereas Slavkovsky has been more impressive, but only after the Olympics, which, yes, could definitely just be, oh, he's finally got the confidence unlocked that. But, you know, Lanou you do wonder. top talent. Lanou yeah. is top, he's been top talent all along, but yeah, you're yeah. right. He only just broke out to the number one, two sort of spot. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think that that's really that surprising to me. But yeah, I agree. The more surprising thing is that Cooley and Nemec go before, because I mean Cooley Cooley was going to be top three. I I don't remember hearing much about Nemec. I, I remember, remember hearing rank inklings about him. Um, I mean because he's a great two way, unbelievable two way player. Yeah. Um, and he, has a great skating. Um. I remember hearing that if you want to take a defenseman, he's the guy. Uh, but I don't remember it being like, you got to take this kid over um, Cooley, Wright, uh, Slavkovsky. But I guess maybe he's, this is this is going to sound really ridiculous. Maybe he's going under the radar, sort of like Makar did. I'm not saying he's going to become Makar. I don't think he is. Yeah. But maybe it's that same sort of idea that... Um, because he's a defenseman, the points don't look as flashy. 
Um, and his play as well isn't as flashy. He sort of got a little bit underrated, whereas Shane Wright had the most absurd point totals but wasn't flashy. But the point totals is what jettisoned him up to that first overall spot. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't like a completely just out of nowhere pick. As I'm looking here, he was the third ranked European skater. So, you know, not not out of nowhere. So who was ahead of him? Nemich, not Nemich, uh, Slavkovsky, and who else? Uh, Joachim Kamel. Oh, Kemmel? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Which I don't remember where he ended up going. Yeah, he went late, like really late. For yeah, I thought he, he would be top five. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also seeing here. I, I, okay. I knew Slavkovsky was big. Did you? Did you know how just much of a four two hundred thirty five pounds? Yeah, I, I was not. Am aware I right? Am was, I right exactly on that? Uh, well, it says two twenty nine here, but I mean, right, it, it could have. I maybe the combine in the range in the range. Yeah, you you you're there. Um, but that he'd be a unit as a defenseman. He'd be a unit anyway, and he's good defensively. Yeah, he's good. So I I was not aware he was that big. I knew he was he was a big guy, but he's thick. Six six with four, two thirty is insane. With three C's, <laughs> we'll give him three C's. Uh yeah, he's 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 huge. Yeah, Kemmel went seventeenth. That's wild to me. We'll 17th. get into that. Wow. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. I thought he was gonna go top five, and I think that he's gonna be a huge deal. But um, into the talk, why don't we break down some of these top guys' games um before we head into coaching changes and free agency? Yeah. So I mean, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I have I hadn't looked at too many of them beforehand. I was, you know, I. I I'm not usually big into the pre-draft scouting, but there are a few names that I did want to go over. And I'm trying to put my finger on who exactly this was. But there was a defenseman that came out of this draft. I want to say he played in Russia. And he played in... Oh, I can't remember. I thought... It was that he played in the KHL at like age 15 or something. Does that name sound familiar to you at all? Uh, it does a little bit. Because I, I did want to go up, talk about him, but I completely am just blanking on the name. I mean, I mean, I mean, let me think let me do this a little through. bit of look here. Um, in the meantime, do you want me to start on uh, the players? Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. All right. So, um, at, uh, I'll start off with the guy who went first overall, Yuraj uh, Slavkovsky. Um, he's a right wing, um, left shot, I believe. Um, and he's an unbelievable scorer, incredible shot. He's able to get it off in all situations, um, whether it's snapshots, wrist shots, slap shots, in front of the net, tip shots, whether it's dirty goals, beautiful goals. He has a very high-end um, ability to score. Um, most of his shots and goals come um, below the hash marks, which is what you want to see in the middle of the ice around the crease. So he can really work. Um, he can really work the uh, the slot very well. Um, sort of reminds me of like Joe Pavelski tipping, um, but also that like one timer um, and just a guy who has a very very 
um, unique type of shot. Um, um, it's not something that's going to be the best shot ever in the NHL, but certainly a, a very high-end shot. Um, where he excels is um, driving plays and also possession around the walls. Um, he's really good at shielding pucks. Um, he understands how to use his body. He knows how to drive the net very well, and he uses his dynamic skating for that. He's, he's a very sound skater for his size. Um, actually just a great skater in general. Um, understands all three zones, very good IQ, soft hands, um, not unbelievable defensively, but good defensively. Um, and yeah, he's just a player who's really two ways, can do it all, yet has the build of a power forward, the shot of a sniper. Um, he checks most boxes um, and is just great everywhere. And a huge part of that is just that possession game, which he's been taught in Europe. Um, and obviously, that's that's the main sort of thing. Great possessing, great shot. Um, knows how to work in all areas of the ice, um, especially in the offensive zone. Um, spent a lot of time on him, sorry. Uh, Logan Cooley, who went second overall. Um, another player who has a or really Cooley good went, shot. Cooley went third. He went? Oh, that's right. Nem- Nemich. Nemich, Nemich. Second, yeah. I'll go with Cooley right now. I don't know. Yeah. Right now, since I'm, you know, I have the page pulled up. Um, Elite Town as well. Really, really good hands. Um, he has the potential to become a franchise player. He's one of those guys whose um, floor isn't envisioned to be as high as some of the other guys who went in the top three or four, but his ceiling is insane. Um, now I got a, I got a, I got a question for go, you about go for Cooley. <laughs> now, as defense, where I, I can't remember where is he committed to play next year. I imagine it's at an NCAA college, right? I think it is. Um, Let me take a look. I want to say it's University of Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. that's where he just played. I think he played a season there. Yeah. Um, oh no, he's going to play University of Minnesota next year. Yeah, usually, usually the NT. US NTDP players go. go to the NCAA. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they can't they can't play for the NTDP anymore. Um, but here's my question for you: With Logan Cooley getting drafted to Arizona, and obviously, you know, as a center, it's hard to say whether or not he'll make the jump to the NHL this year. I imagine he probably won't. But even if he makes the jump next year, the year after, how do you think his development in Arizona is going to be affected by their current arena? I think he's going to love it. I think it's going to help. Yeah. Um, because because if, yeah. if you think about it, A, he's already going to be used to the college hockey atmosphere. Yeah, the softer entrance and there's, for him. And there's a little less pressure, at least exactly. at home. Exactly. I feel like it's going to be a softer entrance for him, which is going to help, um, especially with the things that he, he's not as good as. Um, like, I think he is, if not one of, if not the best shot in the entire draft, um, unreal hands. Um, and he, he's very good um, in the small areas. Um, what he's not so great at is um obviously the the defensive um um actually this is what's so hard when you have 18 year olds um and you and you think about him because he's a he's an offensive threat of course 
but his IQ is so good that he's he's available in all three zones to be good. Um, yeah. He's just not as physical as Slavkovsky, and I don't think he has good possession um, wise. Um, and that's that becomes that's an interesting point. Would you would you rather have? I've been talking a lot, so would you rather have a guy who's really good at possession, very good shot, um, and has that size and ability to just carry the puck, or do you want a guy who's um, a little bit flashier, really good in corners, absolute sniper, dirty dangler, good defensively, but not as good as possession? Like, would you trade possession for a better shot or? Um, and better I, hands I, or not. I would actually, because I think in the NHL, yes, having good shot, good hands are important, of course, right? That's, you know, that's the flashy stuff that gets on all the highlights. But, you know, for the majority of games, you're, you know, you're playing a possession dominated game and you're playing a very, you know. So you'd rather Slavkovsky's possession over Cooley's I would. Hands. I mean, that, that. The comparison's tough because Slavkovsky is just overall, you know, a little better player than Cooley. But if, you know, if we're thinking them on the same level, yeah, I would go with a guy that's a little better possession-wise. I mean, you know, raw skill's hard to find, of course, but I think there's just something that's so valuable at that NHL level and having just strong possession metrics. Yeah, I agree with you. What's hard about drafts today is that everybody has a really good skating sense. Everyone has got a good IQ. Everyone's being taught to play two-way. Everyone's got good yeah. hands now. The gap between the players is really in their production or not. Um, it's 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 sort of hard. Like, he has an exceptional shot. Slavkovsky has an exceptional shot, but Cooley's shot's better in its possession that you look at. And then Cooley, people think he has a higher ceiling. It's so hard to predict in these top five who's really I, the best player because Cooley I, makes I, a noise about one too sorry go ahead I will agree with that I think Cooley and Wright have a higher potential than Slavkovsky but he has the however floor. Slavkovsky is definitely the most NHL ready right now and you know I think in the case that Wright and Cooley don't play out to their highest potential Slavkovsky could still end up being the best player from the draft mm -hmm. but if you look at as well the teams that draft early like that especially Montreal uh in this case it's it's unfair and I hate that the NHL draft is like this but when you're drafting first overall you're looking for a player that's going to make an immediate impact you know you're not you're not looking for a player that's going to join your team in two or three years you're looking for a guy that's going to make that jump hopefully this year. And I, I just, I think Slavkovsky is the most NHL ready of anyone in the draft. I totally agree. Um, but uh, do you want to break down uh, Nemich and, and some of the other guys? I'm thinking um, probably Cutter Gauthier just because uh, he's been making a lot of noise. And then, um, and then after that, maybe go into um, the coaching changes that have been happening and, and all the rest of that stuff. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get started off here with Simon Nemich. Um, so he went number uh, number two overall, and we touched on him a little earlier. Um, but yeah, you know, like you were saying, he plays that great two way game as defenseman. He's a right shot defenseman, which in the NHL is something of a commodity. You know. Uh, teams are always looking for those right shot defensemen 
Um, the interesting thing is, is another thing that, you know, he looks to be really good at is quarterbacking the power play. And for New Jersey, I think that's going to be an interesting look next year. Because, you know, it's hard to say with defensemen if he'll make it to the NHL next year. But unless a certain name gets traded out, most likely by the time he makes it to New Jersey, it's going to be him and Hamilton running the power play. So, Wait, are you talking about Subban getting traded out? Hamilton. Oh, okay. So, okay. I was confused. Yeah. You said a certain someone. I was like, who? Yeah. So I guess I guess Subban could have, could be that name as well. Uh, but I think I think Nemec will be given a chance on the power play when he just makes doesn't it. have a shot. That's the issue. Yeah. No. That that is true. But you can you can teach a shot. You can't teach yeah. like an you can't teach like a super score shot. But you can teach it. You can get a good shot by training it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too. Like. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not unlike undervaluing the the importance of having a good shot on the power play. But if you're quarterbacking a power play, you know you either have two options for the shots. You either have you know your sneaky kind of long range wrist shots that you see, or you just have a clap bomb. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, you know, what about the tip? The tips in front. The well, I'm sorry. The, I'm talking about if you're the quarterback. Oh, if you're the quarterback. What yeah, you're yeah. doing to shoot? You either have a yeah. sneaky shot that can make it through traffic, or you just you have, have a howitzer. And you know, yeah. if you look at players like Sammy Vatanen, a few years back, he played for the Canes. The guy was not great at a whole lot, but he could launch the puck on the power play. And so, yeah, but are what you I'm sure trying you're to... not talking about 2018 PK Subban. <laughs> yeah, no, him, him as well. Um, but anyways, I was, I'm going off on a tangent here, um, but like, it's not like you need that world-class release as a power play quarterback. So, you know, supporting your point of you can teach a shot, especially when you're a quarterback, you're, when you're quarterbacking a power play, you know, it's it's definitely something that is not going to be as challenging of a learning curve for him as something it's else. It's just something that you do want out of your quarterback, as you said, just to open up another threat yeah. um, and, and to be able to break down um, more stuff. Um, do you want to go over... Uh, the man with one of the coolest names in the draft, Cutter Gautier. <laughs> Cutter Gautier, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's coming out of the USNTDP. Um, he's, he's a big guy. Power forward, 6'3", 200. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he's going to be interesting to watch. You know, he's noted here as, um, you know, being, being a big guy that likes to shoot the puck a lot. And, you know, that's 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 a very good quality in nhl and it's something that's very entertaining as well um so yeah i think he's gonna be he's gonna be a fun one to watch you know if obviously if it wasn't for Slavkovsky, he'd probably be the main power forward out of this draft yeah very but, similar style to Slavkovsky. yeah i guess what separates Slavkovsky from from uh from a lot of these players is the fact that he has such good hands and the ability to pass in that possession. Yeah. Like uh, Gauthier has another great shot, great around the net, as you'd expect to power forward. But when you can hold on to the puck and make decisions and have that defensive aptitude, I think it's the fact that 
in today's game, you're seeing a kid like Sukovsky have a two-way game to him, and he's not just a traditional power forward, but he's also not a two-way player in the traditional sense that he's just good on both sides. He's not exceptional one or the other. Or if he is, he's better at defense and offense. This guy's like got it all, which yeah. is similar to Shane Wright, who I guess is the last guy that we, we got to talk about, um, the man who fell. <laughs> Actually, after we... Before we go over Shane Wright, I I do I do want to go over one other player. Go for it. Um, that for a while I think he kind of well he he dropped in like the last year or two, but for a while he was looked at the second best at least North American skater, if not the second best skater in the draft. But this was much earlier on. Uh, Matthew Savoy, Sa- Savoy Savoy Sa- Savoy I think. Matthew Savoy, 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 Matt. I've, I've, I feel like I've heard it pronounced both ways. We'll call him, we'll call him Matt. Matt. <laughs> Matt. No, we'll call him Matt. Um, fun fact: he was born on New Year's Day. That's kind of cool. Anyways, um, that's cool to me because I was, I was supposed to be born on New Year's Day. Anyways, I, I don't know how that's related at all. Uh, but he, I feel like, is the main skill forward coming out of this draft. He's small too. He's five nine. So what are your what are your thoughts on him? Hey, that's our man, Troy <laughs> King. <laughs> exactly. I, I love you know there's something that's cool about. We love a Nathan Gerby sized player, five yeah. four. Yeah, there's something cool about watching, you know, the the shorter NHL guys go on. You know, you look at guys like Johnny Goudreau, Alex Dabrinkit, you know, it it's it's inspiring for guys like mm-hmm. us, put it that way. Yeah, he's filthy. This kid's yeah. filthy. No, he um, he is, and I think that's it's going to be interesting, you know, but skill either plays out really well or doesn't play out at all in the NHL because you know, if you can continue to develop and create a very well-rounded game, you'll be fine. But if not, then that's kind of a problem because he is noted as having some holes in this game defensively. Yeah. So, um, but again, which is defense is something you can teach. You, yeah, you, can, exactly. you can teach that. Um, yeah. It's better when you have a talent. When you have a talent, it's, you have so much more to work with, but you can teach it. Um, what, I, what I think is so impressive is he put 90 points up in the WHL, mm-hmm. which is really hard as, a de- as the most defensive league in the CHL. Yeah. Um, that's really impressive to me, especially the 35 goals part of it. Um, I think he's a really good rush player, um, not a perimeter player. I don't think he's a guy who just sits on the perimeter and snipes. I think he's a guy who gets in the rush and causes chaos, yeah. um, gets bigger, gets better at possession, gets more defensively responsible, just develops, turns into a man. Oh, that's so weird to say because it's our age. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. Once, it? once he takes that step, yeah, I think he can be a, a real solid player in the NHL top six for sure. Yeah. Um, top six. Top six forward. Um, yeah. We'll, so we'll see. What, we'll see what happens to him. Um, and now for for Shane Wright, because there has been so much talk about this kid. He was consensus for a few years, I feel like. Um, he was he got exceptional status. Um he was supposed to be like like everyone said tank for Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. Like that was the thing. Montreal really went all pain for Shane and didn't draft him. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> also, I feel like 
I feel like um, the people who believe that Gary Bettman rigs the NHL must have been flipping out <laughs> when um, Arizona didn't take him. Because think about it. Think about it. If Arizona took Shane Wright and then they get the first overall next year and they get Bedard or they get Michkov, <laughs> people would lose their minds. They'd be like, Gary Bettman is hacking. Yeah. No, I. That's funny to me. I mean, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. It's happened that's before. It happened to the Penguins, right? Um, yeah, they got second, did. got Malkin, got first, got Crosby. Well, also, and then, because it was 2004, they had second, right? Where they took mm-hmm. Malkin. 2005, they took Crosby first. What you're forgetting is in 2003, they also had first and took Flurry. So they pulled Wait, a... am I right on that? Yeah, I, yeah. 2000, I, I'm getting a dazed look here. 2003. No, it's, I'm tired. It's 10 p.m. And I also woke up. NHL draft. Uh, it's like they were Edmonton. Yes, Marc-Andre Fleury was selected first overall. By the it's team. like they pulled an Edmonton, but actually, but actually made the right choices. But actually built a good team with it instead of drafting Taylor Hall and Neil Yakupov. No, okay, 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 okay. No, that's okay, a, ta- that's out I'm of not- pocket. That's out of pocket. <laughs> that's that's so far out of pocket. No, Taylor no, Hall is, an, Taylor Hall is no, one more Taylor NHL Hall, MV, sorry. MVP sorry. than us. Uh, no, Taylor Hall is fine. I'm sorry. I completely forgot to mention Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's not even a bad one. Like, he's been it's good. Not, I understand it was not a strong draft class. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, pretty filthy draft class right there. Who else Who else came out of that draft? Landeskog, Landy, uh, the, the man yeah, himself. Right. Um, That was actually, like, it wasn't like, I don't know. I feel like that was actually, like, a pretty, pretty solid draft class. Thinking about who came out of it. Uh, Nuge, Larson, Couturier, Hamilton, Zabinajad, Huberdo. Um, okay, yeah. No, I'm gonna eat my words here. I was, I was not right. It's not, it's not <laughs> the best one we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was definitely a good one. Um, who else can? Oh, Shifley came out of that draft. I said Zabinajad. No, 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 no. We're going through. We're going through. No, no, no. Stop, 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 stop. I'm, I'm announcing names. You're eating your words right now. Philippe Deneau. Uh, Rickard Rackle, as I like to call him, Ricard Raquel. Um, well, uh, okay, John hold on, Gibson. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Phil Deneau and Rick Rag. Ah, above RNH. No, but like they were, they were, they were, they were they, strong. Deneau, yeah. maybe, but Rick Rag, no, I would no. not take over RNH. Gibson, Sod, Nieto, uh, Victor Rask. Boone Jenner, a lot of solid players who've played in the NHL. Oh, Nikita Kucherov at 58. How about him? Um, William Carlson. Um, let me continue going here. Vincent Trocek, uh, Adam Lowry, Nick Cousins. All these players, I think they're in the NHL. Uh, Jordan Bennington. Another one, Johnny Gaudreau. There's some big late round steals on this draft. Yeah, I know. I'm actually scrolling down. I are you just not... going through all the highlighted names? Is that what you're doing? I declined to comment because <laughs> I'm scrolling through the Wikipedia articles. On yeah, are you enjoying this? Names. Well, I'm also reading some of the other names like Josh Archibald's not Josh Manson too, not highlighted, but but guys who who are playing in in the NHL, um, and then. Uh, Anton Forsberg, um, Andre Palat's another yeah, one. I mean, don't forget, in the seventh round, you have uh, goaltending wonder child Garrett Sparks. Who? 
<laughs> I've heard that name, but I know nothing you about have, that player. Because he like carried the Marlies to an AHL win. That's and then right. He goes to the NHL and does nothing. He played like I think a few games and like for for such a good goalie in the AHL, it was like almost disappointing how he played oh, in the NHL. Yeah. Oh, Peugeot was also in this draft. He was. Not a talented draft, you say. Blake Coleman, too. I'm checking any names I missed here. Um, okay, but 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 hear me out. Because, because a lot of those guys were late-round picks, it was not touted at the beginning. Fair enough, fair enough. As a very high class. And a lot of those guys also did not become very uh you know no like big big name players until that's fair recently that's, too. that's fair i'll give it to you <laughs> but this is definitely a deep draft with guys no, like is, glenn denning grimaldi so fair. many so many of these guys have, have played in the nhl y'all are jt miller was in this draft alexiak berchi Bellu, uh jonas brodeen um i mean i look at the first round here Almost every one of these guys has played in the NHL. Nuge, Landy, Huberdeau, Larson, Stroms, Benajad, Shifley, Couturier, Hamilton, Brodeen, Duncan, Simons, Murphy, Berchi, Alexiak, Miller, Armia, Bellew, McNeil, Clefbaum, Murphy. I mean, it's interesting to think about how the drafts over the years, more and more guys have hit the NHL level. Like in the 70s and 80s, not every, or even 90s, half the guys just didn't make it. Yeah. No, and that now is, today, almost every guy you draft gets a game played. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. Like every guy you draft in the first round, is what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First round, definitely. Like, like, like back in the round, day, the first round, this... not everyone made it. So yeah. A lot of guys didn't. And most of the second round guys as well do and then a decent enough i have a statistic on this that i i don't have off the top of my head but it's a very interesting statistic on like the percentage of nhl players per round now that play one game 10 games and like 100 games in the nhl mm -hmm. and obviously it tapers off as you'd expect it to but it's it's you know it year it, over year it must be going higher it, sorry why not Year over year, it must be going higher for everyone. Yeah, round. I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have the data like year by year, but I do imagine it is. And I think a lot of that is in, in part just because the game is growing as a whole. So mm -hmm. you have a larger pool of players to choose from every year. So the top, you know, if you're picking the top 1% or whatever, like because you're picking out a bigger pool of players, the guys are going to be more talented just even if you take it from a pure just random chance thing mm -hmm. you know statistically you're gonna get better players if you have a bigger pool of players Definitely. So. and also i feel like information i'm not i feel like this is a fact information with the internet transfers so much faster you can hear about guys now that you wouldn't have back then exactly right like you wouldn't have heard about some czech kid playing in like the czech extra league dominating if you didn't have a scout over there, you just wouldn't yeah, have heard of it. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't have heard of a guy like uh, Tari Sujimoto. <laughs> have you heard about that story? <laughs> made up of dude. From just the like, Tokyo Katana. <laughs> I'm just like, I let me invent the name. just the best NHL draft, yeah. just clowning. 
I think, well, okay, I guess I don't know, like, some of the stories from other drafts, but I have to think that's got to be, like, one of the best That's stories. an all-time story. Yeah, in all sport, American mm-hmm. sports, at least, like. Drafted a guy that doesn't exist to make the draft just, go faster. Just, yeah, and just to have a laugh at it. Yeah, I mean. And, and, and the fact that just, I mean, I understand the technology was different back then, but just no one knew. Yeah, like, also, like, scouts can move around so much faster um, yeah. when it comes to reviewing players because they don't have to get on a plane to watch a player anymore. Yeah, they can you watch just, tapes. Just live Barnet, dude. <laughs> Facts. Well, like, does your yeah. have Live Barn? Do you guys do Live yeah, Barn for yeah. your streaming? Uh, actually, the clip of me injuring my shoulder is on Live Barn. Is it on Live Barn? I'll show it to you when you, do when I, you pull up. Yeah. Do I need a Do I need a subscription to watch this? Yeah, or? you do. But uh, but I have the clip on my phone. <laughs> I, I have I have a clip from uh, okay. like screen recordings. Yeah. Um, that may I don't know the legality on that one, but you know it's it's my body, so. Um, <laughs> uh. Yeah, like if you want a second look at a guy, you don't have to fly out. You can, as you said, you can watch the clips. Um, yeah. If you want the GM to take a look at a player, he doesn't have to fly out. You can just tape and then cut the. Yeah. And cut Although each I, I do think a lot of the scouts do try and. No, you do go in person, the, of course. In person as well. But but, but say you. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But say you need to compare uh, two players in the hotel that night. You don't need to like sprint to two games and split scouts. Mm-hmm. Like you can watch. You can watch highlights. Yeah. And also analytics. The OHL has analytics now, as do all the Euro leagues. So you Not can to track mention those. the more advanced statistics. Exactly. Well. Exactly. Um, should we actually talk about Shane right now instead of saying now for Shane yeah. Wright and not doing anything? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that would kind of be in line with you know, everything that happened. Facts. But... <laughs> you break them down. Okay. Shane Wright. So he's start with just the you know his basic stats. He's pretty uh you know average size for the NHL. You know six one, two hundred pounds. That's you know I think that almost might be the literal average. Kind of big because the average height in the NHL is six one. I think. I feel like a lot of guys are 190, 195. So yeah, he's maybe big. he's a little on the heavy end, but I mean that's, that's not a that's not a thing. yeah that's a good thing. That's not, yeah, that's I'd rather have my guy cut weight than have to put on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, he's good size, powerful, quick. Yeah, good good in the transition as well. He's got good vision and IQ, like we were talking about earlier. Um, and you know he's, he's he's pretty good on the power play as well, um, you know I, maybe maybe I'm missing something. I I don't think he has the same potential, but I think his comparable is like a Crosby to me. Low key, it is. I, I like see like I'm not saying he's gonna be the same level as Crosby in terms of their play style. Yeah. Kind of similar, although I think. Right Crosby might is be, more dynamic. Yeah. He's like a poor man's Crosby, which is wild to talk, to say about a first overall. Yeah. Um well, I think well well yeah. wild to say about a no longer first overall. Oh, that's right. I didn't go first. <laughs> then I'm fourth. I can say that now. Um what I heard, by the way, Seattle didn't even interview the guy. <laughs> well, they, they didn't they did think he was gonna get him. Gonna go that far. They they probably yeah. like screw. It, we're taking this man. Forget the forget it. Just kicked yeah. everybody else at the curb. Because I mean, if you think about it, if he doesn't go first, which is kind of expected, 
he definitely goes second. Yeah, and even if he second. doesn't go second, you have to think the third team's going to take him. For sure, for sure. So, uh, yeah, um, I know, He has a really good shot. Not the best, but an unbelievable shot. Um, yeah. Can really get it off, especially in tight situations. What, like, as you said, he just checks all the boxes. Really good skating. Good possession. Good shot. Good defensively. Soft hands. Great passer. I think what he excels at is the IQ. He yeah. understands defensive structures so well that he can snap them in half. Like, you look at his goals, they're not dynamic, but they're so, Just like, solid. perfect. Yeah. Because he, he's, he always is in the right place at the right time, which is a skill. And, and he doesn't overhandle the puck too much. He really understands everything, everything that he has to do. Um, responsible as well. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, really good in transition. Um, but the main complaint about him is that sometimes you're looking for him and you can't find him because he's not dynamic enough. Um, do you think you can teach dynamic play? Ooh, that's tough. I feel like that's one of the things that's a little harder to teach, you know? And that and that's what makes players like Crosby these such generational talents is because they can do that which other players just can't you know he has think, the iq plus the the it factor yeah exactly and i think that dynamic play is just yeah it's one of those things that you just kind of look for in the draft because I, I i do think it's one of those things that's harder to teach so then to that end do you think that he should go into development leagues first not the nhl and then hone that offensive talent and become dynamic or do you think he ought to go into the league right away that's tough uh, i mean i'm gonna say i don't i don't think he, he has any point going back to juniors like some players that's true does he turn 19 in time let's take a look he's 05 so no he's 18 now so he's he's no four yeah so he's 18. oh wait sorry did you say he was an 05 no, he's 04, January 5th. Oh. So he's 18 now. So do you do you send him back to juniors for I I don't the, think I don't think you send him to juniors. No, no, like do you do you put him in juniors till January 5th and then oh. on that day send him to the AHL? That's or do you right. or would you put right. him in the NHL the full the season? The CHL has their whole thing with the AHL. I completely forgot about that. Cuz you have to be 19 to play in the AHL, right? Yeah. So, or, or do you stick him, one thought might be stick him in the NHL, see how he does. If he doesn't perform, put him in the AHL as soon as he turns 19. I think that might be the route that the crack can go. Test him yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, you don't, also the other thing is the whole thing with the contract slide too. Yeah, but yeah, I, feel like you'd, I feel like you'd be fine burning a year off his contract. Yeah, like, I mean the 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 Kraken have way too much money. Exactly, it's not like they're going to be. It's not like they're going to be Stanley Cup contenders within the next three years. I think five, yes, in five years mm -hmm. they'll be competing for a cup, um, or being like in that talk. But I don't think in yeah. the next three years, it's. I don't think they're worried about having to pay him and then not being able to play other guys to get a cup. Yeah, that's true. Um, I that's such a tough question, honestly. I mean, I. I feel like there's no more for him to do in uh, in juniors. I feel like working on the dynamic play, like taking risks maybe. Yeah, but at the same time, he doesn't strike me 
necessarily as the number one overall who's quite NHL ready. He's he's close, obviously, like. as most yeah, as most number one overall or he's not number one <laughs> he's not a first overall. Let's just say ranks as as a touted first overall prospect. He's definitely close. You know, usually the first overall guys make it there within a year, right? I mean, if we take a look back a lot of guys yeah. make their entry right away. Yeah, exactly. I think was it it was Rasmus Dahlin was who was the only one who didn't right away. No, I think he did. Oh he? no, it was he sure. Someone didn't. Yeah, like Most one player in the past like ten years or something didn't. I thought it was he sure actually. Because uh, Hughes went in first. Hughes went in Lafreniere, right away. Lafreniere went went in. Um, Dahlin went in. Uh, McDavid obviously went in. Matthews went in. Um, McKinnon went in. Did Ekblad, Did Ekblad go, in? go in? He I, he seems like someone who, as a defenseman too, he seems like someone who may have taken a slide. I think. He, I don't remember. It's, the thing is, I didn't watch enough hockey. Yeah, I at didn't that point either. in my in my life, I um, pretty much like stopped keeping up with hockey as a whole during like the Hurricanes. 10-year playoff drought yeah he uh well, he, he went right away into the league right away okay yeah, so i'll check he sure i thought it was he sure you might be right again i don't remember he, i remember he sure like because that so draft class was very well that draft class was kind of weak wasn't well, that 2017 yeah isn't that the draft class with mccarr Pedersen, well, and hughes <laughs> Yeah, but at the at the time it looked very weak. Like, yes, yeah. Yeah, now now it's not although even as a whole, I don't think the draft class was that that good. I mean, in income you had obviously McCarr, who's gonna be a generational talent. Are then, you yeah. sure? Are you sure? I'm going to Wikipedia. McCarr I'm going to Wikipedia. Oh, we're doing... <laughs> well, okay, it's also harder to tell at this point. I'm going to Wikipedia. Also, Siri just turned on so if that Shows up in the recording. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't hear it, so try fine. Okay, let's take a look. Nico Hischer, Nolan Patrick. Okay, Heiskinen, uh, McCarr, McCarr, Patterson. Like after that, you Bullardi, got Cody Glass, Leas Anderson, Casey Middlestad, Rasmus. Actually, which draft? Which um? Which draft class did did I think did um? Did the older Hughes brother did um Quinn go in eighteen or did he go in? Quinn went in 18, I think. Okay. You have Suzuki, Norris, Heedle, Robert like, Thomas, Yamamoto, what do you, Jake Ottinger, Lilligren, Vakanayan, Brandstrom. But, um, okay, hear me out. Let me, let me, let me. No, no, Texier. But those guys, they're all. F- are those those are all first round picks, right? No, nah, Texier was second. Let me. Texier was second. It, yeah, you might be Morgan Geeky. There's Di Pietro. But most of those guys are not. It looks like, like it looks like we still gotta wait to see how ta- how deep this draft class goes. But you're right. It looks like only yeah. a few guys in the league. Like Jerry yeah, like, like most of those eleven. Most of those 11. first round guys seem like middle six forwards or like you know i don't know they could turn in top six guys you know you're right it's not generational i mean yeah but it looks like there are some studs lower in the draft like you have aho at 139 batherson at 121 
Um, is that I, Sebastian I Ajo? I completely forgot for a second. That is not Sebastian Ajo, Sebastian Ajo. That is Sebastian Ajo, the Swede who, from the Islanders. Yeah, I completely forgot for a second there were two of them. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Sebastian Ajo went 22nd or 32nd. Which, speaking of which, with the draft, how are the Canucks going to handle having two Elias Pettersons on their team now? I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. I need to now know. Uh, why, how did I think Aho would be in 2017? He was 2015. I know this. That okay. 2015. That is a historical. Stacked. Like n- <laughs> no draft Filthy. will maybe ever live up to that. Yeah, he was. Like, oh, 35th overall. I was close. Yeah, 35th in the second round. That, Wild. Also, one of the. He was yeah one of the biggest steals from. I feel like we should just read through this draft real quick. Yeah, McDavid, <laughs> Eichel, Stroh, Marner, Hannafin, Zaka, Provorov, Rensky, Meyer, Rantanen, Kraus. I'm reading guys who've played, who I know have played in the league. Kraus, Gurianov, Zaborl. I think he played a game this year or something. Debrusk, Zenishin. I don't know if he played. Um, Barzell, Connor, Shabbat, Evgeny Sveshnikov. I think he played now. Um, you, um, Sveshnikov. Wait, Sveshnikov was 50. I thought he was. Evgeny. Not a. I know. I yeah 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 yeah. I, I thought younger. he was later for some. Reason. Andre, I don't know when he went. Andre was eighteen, but I thought Evgeny was like sixteen or seventeen. I have no idea. Evgeny's the older one, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he um, is actually a UFA. We'll see year. what happens. I'm I'm a big advocate of that. I really wanted the kids to bring back Eric Stahl That'd be last year, cool. but it would be cool to see the Special Cup brothers together. I'm just thinking this draft: Colin White, Samsonov, Besser, Roslovic, Konechny. Bavillier, Nick Merkley, Aho, Dermot, Fisher, um, Chernak, Sprong, um, Hintz, Greenway, Lausanne, Rasmus Anderson, Vince Dunn, Siegenthaler, Chillington. Oh my God. What a draft class. What a, and, and the guys in the bottom, like Sorelli's in this, Dan Vladar, Aiden Hill, Montembeau. Ethan like, Bear was taken 124th overall. Unreal. Um, <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov, 135th. Don't forget bananas. about that. <laughs> bananas. Bananas. <laughs> Troy Terry at 148th. Matthew Joseph at 120. Yeah. Caleb Jones at 117. Alexander Carrier's in this draft. Oh, see, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, Eric Schalgren at one eighty. I know. Uh, Leafs legend Mason Goldberg. Appleton at one sixty eight. Mangiapane yeah. at one sixty six. One sixty. Oh, that's. I always forget how late he yeah. was drafted. And John Marino too, one fifty four. Well, and the Oilers had him. <laughs> imagine what he could be. <laughs> on the Oilers right now. That team would be so much better with him on it. Nudavara was in this draft. Sammy Niku, Matt Raw, or Roy. I, he was good in the Kings this year. Um, What a draft this is. What an unbelievable draft. That's wild. That's one of the craziest drafts I've ever, we'll ever see. Patrick Shea! Patrick oh, Shea was, was in this draft. In 2015. <laughs> oh, 192, the man himself. That guy's a clown. He is. His, his videos are pretty good. I'm not yeah. yeah, we'll give him that. The content is 
That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, coaching changes, and then I guess we'll wait for the signings. Till, yeah, we till you pull, actually pull have a pretty exciting episode that we're going to leave a secret for the next episode. No, nah, I literally revealed it like three times already. <laughs> no, you, I don't, you didn't say anything about it. I don't think no, so. I literally just said when you pull up. Oh, I've well, said that a few I times. feel like we would have, we, I feel like we would have, you know, we could have played it off. Anyway, we could have. Now we'll, that I we'll just hype it up. Yeah, yeah. Now that the secret's out. The uh, the next episode, we're actually gonna be doing in person together, which is kind of crazy because we've been doing this thing. We this this might only be like the fourteenth or fifteenth episode, but it's been over a huge amount of time because we started. Did we start in like January, February? We've been doing January, it for February. Like, we like had the breaks because of year. college and and like all the rest of that stuff. Yeah, we didn't start out super. I mean, we've never we've been super had, consistent. No, but. we've had weeks where we're consistent, but we're getting better. And I feel yeah. like our content on the whole is becoming more polished. Yeah. So, and we'll keep on, and I mean, we'll keep trying to work on consistency. I mean, we're never going to not have an episode in a month. That's, I think we had that once. And and I, think I don't think we've we're gonna... been averaging at least every other week. Yeah. And, so. and I mean, even in college, it'll we're gonna happen. We're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. Yeah, like, uh, it's it's hard because college is kind of like yeah. it's an unknown to us, right? I mean, I yeah. guess you 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 have an older brother that went, yeah. So you have I a have my little, schedule too. Do you? I don't. I registration just opened up. So oh, I'm good luck on that. Thank you. <laughs> um, um, yeah, registration here was chaos. Uh, <laughs> I barely got the classes I want. Now I'm taking three eight a.m.s, which I'm not happy ooh, about. That's tough. Yeah. I'm you know I'm gonna point where i would love to get afternoon classes however i also would not mind just like forcing myself to get up yeah because like i for context i stay up pretty late and wake up pretty late if i'm given the choice but yeah. something you know like getting up early kind of just gets your day yeah. going you this feel healthier you feel productive yeah. so in some ways like i might pick some later classes but ideally i might just roll with whatever yeah. i get this will force me to sleep early and then exactly. wake up early and um it'll be good for me yeah i'm not happy about it but this is the only thing i could do to get the classes i want yeah yeah that's just the way it goes like like it's an unknown to us and we're gonna do our best but that's sort of how things go um coaching changes we we can drop these quickly i um I honestly i can't I, I have I have I have a list of them. You have a whole list. Okay. Uh, the Jets hired Rick Bonus. Uh, um, he's back in Winnipeg. That was his first coaching job in eighty eight, eighty nine. So he's been coaching for eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first time he coached. Holy he's been that, around for a while. He has been around. Yeah, for he a coached while. the Stars from two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty two. He went eighty nine, sixty two, twenty five with them. Um, what's the finals with them? He's great, great, uh, great coach. Um, I think he's gonna do a great job. Um, the Bruins hired Montgomery to replace Bruce Cassidy. Um, the Red Wings hired uh, Derek Lalonde, who was assistant under John Cooper. It's another um, just a moment where assistants try and take the head job. Um, and I Black think that's, I think that could work out with yeah, you know, coming from Tampa for sure. Uh, another one, Luke Richardson was the assistant to the Montreal Canadiens the past four seasons, and uh, he filled in as coach for six games, three and three in their cup run. 
he's going to the Hawks. Uh, Panthers hired Paul Maurice, replacing is, Andrew Burnett. That was controversial. Is, yeah, I think we we touched on this in the, the episode we couldn't release. Yeah. But this one was interesting. I kind of... Well, okay, I think if I remember our consensus on this was... Because Andrew Burnett is still being offered a position. Now, I, I don't know if that's assistant or head coach or, mm-hmm. or what in terms of like maybe it's front off. I don't think it would be a front office thing. That doesn't really make much sense to me. But mm-hmm. I did hear they the Florida Panthers do want to keep him around. And like I said, we went over this. But I think to recap what we, we said was Maurice has the playoff experience that Burnett does not. However, Burnett is doing something right given how well the Panthers did in the regular mm-hmm. season. So well, apparently they're ditching him. Um, oh, are they? That I did not. That update I did not. It do. is currently unclear as to what's going on with him. Uh. Um. So yeah, no, but reports were out that they wanted to keep him. And yeah, it looks like that's, that's what I heard initially. Offer him. So interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think he'll still coach next year. He's got it with that with that type of um type of year. Stars hired um Pete Pete DeBoer. Um, what do you think about that? Nah, that seems, I mean, for lack of better words, it just seems perfectly average to me. Not yeah. great, not bad, but like, I mean, you know, I, yeah. I I don't really think it's an upgrade from Rick Bonus. It's not really a downgrade. They just, yeah. it just seems like this weird limbo thing. Like, it, it's like they went nowhere, basically. <laughs> Um, did maybe, we mention? I mean, arguably, maybe even a little worse. I don't know. It's they're close. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, did we mention the Flyers took Torts in our last epi? I can't remember if we did it. Or... I think we did it in the episode. Oh, we that... did. We did talk about that. Yeah, I think we talked and about that it. Is Cam Atkinson and Torts are reunited? But we didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk about how. Uh, we didn't talk about it in the um episode that we did release. So in the unreleased one. Yeah, it was in the unreleased um, one. In the so archives. <laughs> um, replacing Mike Liao. Torts has a Stanley Cup in 2004, and he's got two Jack Adams 04 in 2017. Um, wait, Torts? Who did Torts? Wait, Torts has a cup? Is that what you said? Yeah, with Tampa 04. Torts was... I guess I would not have been around for that. Right, well, actually, you, you were... I, you were my... you were born in January, <laughs> but my six month old self would not have. Yeah. I yeah, I guess I completely forgot about that. Actually. Yeah, I mean that was not something I knew a while ago. I yeah. only learned about it I think in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, very good coach. He's definitely a grumpy kind of meaner guy. Hard with the media. Hard on guys. Wants a two way game out of everybody. A uh, perfect he's... fit. With yeah, a player like Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I, he really is. He actually is. It'll either go really well or really not well. At all. Yeah, there's, there's gonna be no in between. I mean, D'Angelo's got some controversy around him as a human about one of the things he said. Don't forget, don't forget his quote to the Philly fans: "I am absolutely not racist," <laughs> which I thought was a joke. Because I follow like you know NHL meme pages and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I thought it was like a joke quote or like a fake tweet. No, he actually said that. Which it's yes. hard. I I don't. I I kind of just leave that as a gray area because I think there's definitely a lot of controversy about it, and it's, it's hard just, to know what's 
you know, true what's, yeah. information, what's misinformation. But, so but there I, is absolutely some fire where the smoke is. He has definitely done things. No, yeah, know yeah. It. There's there's definitely something. There are going tweets. There. We have we yeah. have the tweets. <laughs> um they exist, <laughs> we've seen them. They're not great. He said some pretty awful stuff. Um yeah. don't forget but, one or two of the burner accounts that also could could have potentially been his. Yeah, also the, sure, but... the incident in the CHL, I think, yeah. or maybe it was college or something. Said no, some stuff. It was, a, it was a CHL. Yeah, yeah, I said some stuff. Um, not great, not great. But uh, Torres is a really good human being. That's something I've always heard about him. So yeah. you know, you He's, can. Ex- he seems like one of those guys that's super, super tough, but like in a good way. Yeah. Like, like you know, as a player, you hate it, but you also love it, kind of thing. You know, like. Yeah. You know, because it's tough, but you know, you develop and. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of guy you'd, you'd run through a yeah. wall for, as they say. So. Exactly. Um, we'll see if he begins to soften up the still skill players and start to adapt the style to them. I think if he did that, he'd be one of the best coaches out there. Yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. I, th- I think he just needs to sort of soften up to them a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then who else? Uh, Islanders promoted um, Lane Lambert to coach. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, another um, demonstration of that how was that was a good May sixteenth while ago. It does, yeah. I, I think again, this is another bit we talked about on our cancel or our, our canceled hidden can, cancel unreleased hidden episode. Um, on if we make a Patreon, that's the first episode we release. <laughs> um, yeah, and we could also we could also release that one that we recorded separately. Do you remember that one? We have we have an episode there as well. I don't want to talk about that episode. <laughs> um, I don't. I want to talk about. It didn't go so well for me. It didn't I, go well for either of us. Well, I I recorded for about ten minutes, and I was like, I'm done with this. I can't do this. This is hard. <laughs> See, I tried to just talk as much as I could. I got 13 minutes and I covered everything and more that I had to because it's so difficult to like, I really like, I, I admire people who can run a podcast by themselves. If you can run a podcast by yourself, that podcast cannot be longer than 20 minutes. There's no, no way that you could do the thing. I've seen podcasts. I know, but what I'm, saying is like, what I'm saying is like, I'm saying like if you run it by yourselves, I don't understand how you go over 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, we we have an episode where I did it. I soloed it and it was I did my very best and I had the so much episode. In... That's the Slavkovsky episode. Yeah. I had so many notes. Like I had so much more stuff that episode than normal mm-hmm. and I got 25 minutes in and I was like I can't yes, record you're... anymore. I just I physically ran out of things to yeah. speak about. We had that sick episode where uh you and I for the trade deadline, or maybe it's just cut predictions where we had all the keys, points, stats, yeah, or even the trade that. deadline. We've got some fun documents. Yeah. With the our... trade deadline one, I should have, we had it all like perfect, and then I deleted it each trade as we went through them. I shouldn't have yeah. done that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. We'll do oh, it. We, did, we had all like the colored highlights and everything. Exactly. Too. We put in a We're, lot of work we, in we should, we should do that for the free agency one. We should. We should. We will. Yeah um and we'll have we'll have some other content that i'm not going to talk about now to actually be alias about it for once yeah Um, (laughs) we have some pretty special content coming up that's going to hit closer to our our name of our podcast and some of the off-season stuff that we've been wanting to do 
that we yeah, just haven't had a chance to. It's tough. Like, you know, we're, we're working on this podcast and obviously we're still, it, we're not in the like starting stages as much, but we're trying to still work on developing mm-hmm. our sort of identity and where we're going to go. And we've wanted to connect with certain aspects more, but with NHL being as busy as it is, we kind of felt like we wanted to cover all of it. Exactly. So we've, we've felt more, I feel like the podcast has felt more of like a news report, but yeah. and definitely the over the off season. Yeah, exactly. But over the off season, there's going to be less going on. So we're going to, we're going to be a little more experimental with it. And we're going to work to encapsulate the Asians talking puck aspect of our yeah, podcast. Exactly. The, the, the Zach UN interview episode five plug, um, 18 minutes and like 30 something <laughs> seconds. Um, like we're gonna not try even and... our best episode. No, it wasn't. But we had a great. We had one of our better well, interviews. Yeah, yeah. No, best episode, like recording wise, but performance wise, it was not no. one of the better ones. Yeah. Um. And we're gonna try and bring out some of that stuff. Um. We'll be reaching out to more guys for interviews. Um. There is a person unnamed. I'm not gonna dox who I think we will probably get an interview with. Um. Maybe next year or late this year. Um, not a hockey related person, but a very, very cool person nonetheless, who could definitely bring um, a lot in terms of talking about um, being a content creator as a minority. Um, that's something I think we can talk about as our podcast works. Um, but we have a lot to talk about. Um, before we head out for the night, I just want to touch on some news today. Um, not the signing news, but just some coaching and GM stuff. Avs promoted Sackick to president of hockey ops and uh, Chris McFarland was promoted from assistant GM to general manager. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw, I did see that. Although personally, I feel like this might be better. I feel like you would have more insight on this as yeah. the, the Avs fan here. Yeah. It makes, makes absolute sense. Chris McFarland yeah. is a, is a genius, like a mad lad genius. Um, yeah. The Avs have probably among the best um, scouting and analytics departments in the league by far. Yeah. Um, and Chris McFarland is the guy who came in and built all of that out. Um, and this is a case where other people wanted him. Other teams wanted him really badly. Um, and his contract expiring soon. And, and he was going to be a hot commodity GM. Let's just say people would get fired to, to be replaced by this guy. Um, so this is a way to keep him and to keep Sackick, um, give McFarland the, uh, the, the GM Sackick, the op hockey ops job, and they'll still work closely. Um, you have to imagine not much is going to change. And, uh, I trust Chris McFarland. And, uh, he's, he's one heck of a GM and he's one, he's, he's, he was, he's a really smart guy. Um, abs fans have a lot of trust in him. So, yeah. Um, and then there were some signings, but we'll cover those in our special episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, we said this is an after hours episode, didn't we? It is. It is almost 11 p.m. now, which means we kept it under two hours. We did. <laughs> it's still going to be a long episode. That's all right, though. Maybe we'll break it up in two chunks. We'll see how yeah. all the editing plays out. But Yeah. If we do, you're doing the intro, which we would know <laughs> by now. Um, it's 10.53. 55 seconds 56 57 we're gonna wait till the time changes it's 10 54 p.m on the east coast monday july 11th thank you for listening to asians talking puck 
After Hours. Good night.